0: Many people talk about the magical parts of becoming a parent, but so often we forget about or avoid talking about the very difficult or maybe embarrassing parts about being a parent for fear that we're abnormal or that we're a failure. Well, we want to create a podcast that highlights and celebrates those parts of parenthood because chances are you're not alone in what you've experienced. We want to talk about those challenges, funny and sad, good and not so great, and offer not necessarily a solution, but some guidance and hopefully comfort. Our main mission at The Natural Nipple is to empower new mothers and support them in their breastfeeding mission. And just because we said it's to empower mothers, don't tune out just yet, dads. You're a major part of this mission. Moms need you there to support them because it's not as easy as one might think. We want to help improve and optimize worldwide wellness by promoting awareness and helping to educate others on the importance of breastfeeding for global and economic health. Yes, it's not just a parent issue. This can have an impact on everyone. We want to discuss the social issues around breastfeeding as well as provide you with the latest findings and research on the impacts of breastfeeding and parenting. We hope you'll follow us and tune in to The Natural Nipple Podcast. You can follow us on Spotify and iTunes by searching The Natural Nipple. And be ready for some great episodes. And if you'd like to find out more about us and our mission, you can visit us at thenaturalnipple.com, where you can participate in our survey or donate.
1: I'm Lauren. I'm the founder of The Natural Nipple. I'm so excited to be hosting Anna today who's a lactation consultant, a mom of three. Um, She's actually started a global movement in terms of talking about body positivity postpartum and that actually like spawned her on to starting this brand of um, apparel that makes breastfeeding accessible and fashionable. So um, I, I would just love for everyone who joins us for the next half hour to Drop in any questions that you have regarding, you know, if maybe you're an expecting mom, you don't know what this body transformation process is going to look like. We're going to chat all things that are sort of taboo and stigmatized. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, I would just love to give the floor over to you so you can kind of retell your story of how you started orally, like, what inspired you?
2: Sure. No problem. Well, again, thank you so much for having me. Thank and, you. um, Starting, well, one thing started another. First, I started Power to Prevail five years ago after overcoming some body image issues that I really felt were holding me back from being able to live my own authentic life. And of course, that came as a result of hitting rock bottom emotionally. So I just wanted to share the whole story. And the first thing I talked about were my body image issues. And that story, that one story resonated with so many people that we just kept talking about it. Because, of course, it was something that I thought I was experiencing all by myself and nobody else was having this problem. Um, But we built this community of Power to Prevail around that. Mm -hmm. Then um, two and a half years ago, I had my third child and really was given an opportunity to experience post-pregnancy in the way I had healed myself to. And I was ready to just spoil myself rotten with the things that were going to make my breastfeeding journey easy. And one of those things being swimwear. Mm-hmm. But when I looked, what I recognized very quickly was there really weren't a whole lot of options. There was not a lot of size inclusivity. There was not a lot of diversity. And the marketing continued to shame moms for the bodies that they had naturally. Mm-hmm. And so I created Orole as a lifestyle apparel brand for breastfeeding mothers because I believe it's important to have the resources Uh, both in education and physically Mm -hmm. so that you can do all the things that you're going to do and not be hindered just because you don't have an article of clothing. That's going to make it easy for you because any breastfeeding mom knows that they look at their closet and they choose based on how easy it is to get to their boob. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just so frustrating because you just don't have a whole lot of options. Um, And again, that becomes a, a hindrance Uh, on a variety of levels, right? Because moms are not staying home, just feeding their children. Um, They are going out. They're going to the beach. They're going to the park. They're going hiking. They're going to their jobs. Yeah. um, In corporate, you know, settings. And they just need the basic and basic of support. And we can't find that.
1: I think that this is, like, what is so inspiring about your journey. Because not only are you taking a societal norm that really needs to be changed, like, first of all, just embracing the skin that you're in and this really dynamic evolutionary process right like our bodies expand and hold this new life and like this is how we continue on as a species so it's just amazing that you're creating a culture around really like accepting those changes and learning how to be dynamic because i can imagine so i'm just going to play the role i don't have children myself of like what that kind of would feel like, okay, you're expecting this new life, your body's growing. I have no idea that there's not even going to be clothing to kind of like meet my needs, let alone like, what is my sex life going to look like? Am I going to be, you know, confident? Am I going to be accepted? Um, Can you kind of like, walk me through after post birth, what that felt like for you (laughs) and how you dealt with it?
2: oh well the first two times I did not deal with it very well um (laughs) so seeing my postpartum body came as a shock to me I was genuinely shocked I remember very very vividly standing in front of the mirror you know staring at my son just thinking I just did this most miraculous beautiful thing he's perfect Mm -hmm. but I was confused by what I looked like because everything was sort of still swollen my breasts were swollen they hurt your areolas tend to be darker bigger your stomach is still you know you still have quite a belly um there's post uh birth bleeding right so it's like you're having the heaviest period of your life mm-hmm. um you're in a diaper and it's jarring it's jarring because that's not the image of post-birth that we have ever been shown. We just, you know, we see this mom glowing and holding her baby and looking all well and put together. So it was really like, oh my gosh, this is now going to be me forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, in that moment, you're like, how could you possibly be thinking about how sexy you are or how people are going to see you? But those are the things that do come flooding into your mind. And navigating that becomes very difficult because Mm -hmm. you don't feel you could talk to anybody about it. Because the way that you feel is, you are the only one that failed to bounce back.
1: Yeah. Like exactly, um. <laughs> exactly. Like you said, before we got cut off, like when you went to look for a, a swimsuit, so you could enjoy yeah. moments with your family on your weekends. Cause you're, you're an executive. Um, the, the name of the, the piece of apparel was called the bounce back swimsuit. And so it really right. wasn't encouraging or embracing this, this new period of your life it's not it's not permanent but it's so natural to have those questions kind of originating like we are you know a tribalist culture we want to be accepted by our community and the fact that you felt you know you couldn't even voice those things because it's like your role maybe Mm -hmm. um i i love that you're challenging that and also (laughs) speaking honestly about it yeah and and that that honestly has
2: has been the thing that made the most difference because as you spoke to this you know tribal community that we live in breastfeeding is a single act that has to be supported by the entire group mm-hmm. and by doing that we're able to share our experiences with others because guess what we're not the only persons giving birth or breastfeeding it's a communal journey as well for others and so by not talking about it we're making one another suffer through this process, right. even though we're all suffering together, <laughs> <We're> <laughs> together alone, but quietly, but, um, <laughs> and, and so by challenging that, uh, we've been able to give people permission, even though we shouldn't need it, but mm-hmm. like you said, even something like that branding of bounce back, mm-hmm. we're giving permission to people to say, no, you have a journey. We're not going backwards. I always say this, the next chapter Mm -hmm. never means going back and rereading. It means you're moving forward, right? right? So it's the next thing. What is this next evolution um, in your life? And what does that look like? And so it changes the way the conversation is being had and changing perception, changing the conversation gives us a better appreciation for what it is we're going through and what we've done and just let people move forward like they're just keeping people trapped in this mindset mm-hmm. um which doesn't help anybody except for like diet pill companies and mm-hmm. you know plastic surgeons again right because even in our society we have things like mommy makeovers they're called mommy makeovers because they are addressing the problems mm-hmm. that mothers have um but one of the things I always say about that I said okay well If I go to my doctor and I say, doctor, I have stretch marks, Mm -hmm. they're not going to say, oh no, we must take care of this. This is a problem. Right. They're not going to write your prescription. They're not, they're not going to do anything because they can't, because there's nothing medically wrong with you because that happened. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yet we have other doctors on the flip side saying there's something wrong, but we can help you and we can fix it. Um, and you just throw mothers that are completely vulnerable and emotional and, you know, have these expectations of themselves mm-hmm. and, and we're just, we're just throwing them into the middle of all of that. And it's incredibly unfair. And it, to me, it's unethical. Yeah. So I'm um, just saying, Hey, you know what? You can have that conversation, but I'm going to have this one over here and we'll see who, who's, who's
1: better off. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to circle back around because you said something really powerful on it was... <clears throat> you know, you realized in this journey how, like, how much marketing influences our perception. And so I love that you have stimulated change by deciding, I'm going to be a different kind of founder. I'm going to be a different kind of executive. This is the real life raw experience that I had. And I want to change the conversation and the language that we're using to address our postpartum bodies. Um, I, I want to touch on a little bit about sexuality, like, after the newborn is there. Um, Like, in the future, I think that that would be a huge unspoken thing. Like, you you can't really, like, call up your friend and be like, hey, you know, I don't feel hot today. Like, I'm really really struggling to, like, change things up because there's a screaming baby. And also, like, I just don't feel 100% great about – change in my nipples and so like how how are you addressing these sort of topics because I think by actually normalizing it and helping women embrace their body as it is you can contribute to connectivity and intimacy because I mean how much of that is already in our heads right like if you feel great about yourself if you feel like you're you've got it I think that's going to play a huge role, right? In your connectivity with your partner. (laughs) So yeah, how does, how has your conversations, maybe you have anecdotal experience, kind of changed the game for postpartum intimacy? Yeah, absolutely. So right. Like you mentioned before,
2: the problems that existed for a lot of us existed long before we were pregnant. um, Right. Because we can talk about body positivity alone in just, you know, intimacy and and sexual relationships. But now you're adding this element of breastfeeding, which Mm -hmm. now, oh, we're talking about breasts because um, now they're being used for their function and not just their aesthetic, but function Mm -hmm. sexually. They have different functions. Functions. Yeah. And so if we're not normalizing that, then we think, wait a minute, I can't chest feed because I use my breasts for arousal. You know, they're, they're a point of arousal for me. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? I can chew gum and drink soup and give kisses, and I don't think twice about that. Right. I don't think about how my mouth can also be for eating but a sexual organ, Mm -hmm. we don't think twice about it. But when it comes to breasts and breastfeeding, then it's like super taboo. Right. Then there are like literal logistical things. There are things now happening with your <laughs> breast that you're just like, what? I actually was in this whole thread conversation with um, women who were talking about their partners and how um, during intercourse or intimate moments, they began leaking. There was a lot of tension and squeezing. So breast milk was being, you know, <laughs> expressed out by accident and how they handle that and how they manage that. And if you don't have a solid relationship, an intimate relationship, this is only going to exacerbate those things because you and your partner have to be able to address these issues when they arise. Even if it's something like saying, listen, before we get going, I have to go pump because I need to make sure that I'm completely drained (laughs) before we engage in something um, intimate. Um, And of course, the time afterwards, when you're, after you're given birth, you're given a six week window you know Mm -hmm. they're saying for six weeks post-birth don't engage in physical activity no sexual activity Mm -hmm. but then we believe after six weeks everything is great shop is now open you know customers are welcome (laughs) but what they don't talk about is that and I, I found this out when I went to my six week appointment or a follow up appointment after that with my OBGYN. I said, Listen, I'm still having a really hard time, you know, having sex. It feels uncomfortable. I'm in a lot of, not in a lot of pain, but it's just not the same. Right. And she said, That's so interesting because whenever, and she, she asked me, She said, Are you breastfeeding? I said, I am breastfeeding. And she said, Whenever I do uh, an exam on a breastfeeding woman, Her vaginal wall reflects, looks like the same as I do in my my menopausal women,
1: Hmm. which
2: means that things like, thank you, Cardi B and Megan Stallion talking about, uh, you know, fluids and um, lubrication that's usually created in the vaginal wall is not being produced at the same level as it was before. And she said, but you know what? You're the first person to ever say anything to me about it. And she's like, I always thought it was sort of interesting, but no one ever brought it up, so I never brought it up. Yeah. So right. here we are with an OBGYN who is a professional. She's made this observation. And, and
1: yet you would think in this setting is like the safest of all places for you to get some sort of <laughs> clinical guidance, right? Techniques right. that you can utilize to help you through this. And it's still... Not being discussed
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that, I was like, "Great! I just need to buy some lube. I need to just go ahead and make sure that my partner knows I'm going to need a lot more stimulation before we get to the party. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a pregame a lot more than we did before. <laughs> uh, but we're able to have those conversations so that we can navigate through this experience. And then, of course, once my son um, weans himself, then. I'm crossing my fingers. Everything just goes back to, to the way it was. But if it wasn't, then we can continue to address
1: right. those
2: particular situations. So it's it's a multi-pronged issue. You're talking about having to acknowledge this body that you now have, right. the function that it now has, having to deal with that, and now having to somehow feel sexually desired. Right, right. That's going to take a lot more than six weeks for most people to figure out.
1: And that's a lot of layers that we're unpacking, right? Because we're not even adding on the fact that oftentimes you can be struggling with postpartum that totally affect your hormones. Um, You could also just be totally exhausted and not sleeping through the night, which we know is not really conducive to a wonderful sex life. So um, I think why I'm so fascinated by your work on it is because you are allowing people to voice what's going on and be accepted like right where they are. And I think that the sooner that women, especially if it's like their first baby, like mm-hmm. even in like their second and third trimester, just start thinking about these things and kind of, you know, talking to other moms or just like visualizing exactly what's going to go on so they can have sort of a mental play-by-play play of how they would like to handle it right like okay i'm gonna have that moment i heard on mm-hmm. a talking where i'm gonna look in the mirror and not feel like i even recognize my body and that's okay and like this is how i'm gonna reach out for support on a day like this right like maybe it's join a group where we're like just a couple of moms sharing photos together of our of our bodies and like lighten the mood around it like i love i i love how you have to have an An air of acceptance and humor like you said you're able to have these really open and vulnerable discussions with your partner right like milk may fly everywhere but like (laughs) if you can talk about it and laugh about it it makes it that much more of a process and a journey that you're on together versus like you feeling like you're the one who's accumulated all of this new change and have to deal with it alone
2: Yeah, exactly. So, um, oh gosh, I I think one of the best feelings that I ever had, um, since starting Power to Prevail was just the amount of people that said, you too, me too, you know, kind of like, again, with the me too, these things that women believe that are, they're the only ones going through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that sometimes is, is it, that's all they need. And I all of a sudden have women sending me pictures, and I love this. Any In any other situation, it would be creepy, I think. But they're sending me pictures of themselves in bikinis because they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't realize your body looks just like mine. I never thought I could wear a, a bikini, but here I am, and they're out on the beach. They're saying, I never thought I could be on vacation with my family. I never thought I could wear a bikini in front of my husband. I never thought I could be you know, I gotta I have sex with the lights on, you know, I didn't think that I'd be able to breastfeed. I didn't think that I would be able to breastfeed in public. I didn't think so much that they didn't think they can do simply because they've never seen or heard of someone else doing it. Yeah. And so just that alone has been impactful to, I mean, over five years Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many people. And, and I, don't, I never hear from everyone, um, but it is encouraging enough that I hear from enough people yeah. that it, it has been uh, well worth my, my time and effort and, and things like that.
1: I think um, it's just wonderful the fact that, like, you're helping people embrace where they are at. And I want to talk a little bit about, because you got caught off at this part, about the oral late line that you started. Yes. Uh, I'm totally watching. How do you say it again Anna? Uh, it's
2: oro Oroule. Oro, <laughs> oro is gold in Spanish, um, mm-hmm. and Le is milk in French because breast milk is often referred to as liquid, uh, liquid gold, gold. Yeah. as you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, tell me a little bit about your line, like what you saw the gap in industry was, and then why you decided, like, yep, I can do this, and this is how I'm going to make it different.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, right off the bat, it just it was born out of frustrations, like most. Um, Most entrepreneurial journeys, I couldn't find something for me, something that was fashionable, something that was functional, something that was high quality. Mm -hmm. So I did a little bit of market research and I said, you know what, I can do this. Um, And I just began asking for a ton of help. I am not a designer. I am not a fashionista and but I knew what I wanted and I knew what I wanted and I knew what other moms wanted because as soon as I said, Hey, can anybody help me? Like if you could do this, what would you do? And just, I was a flood of, of just here, do this and here, do that. And then of course it was recognizing, Hey, when I go and look through all these other companies and I look through all these other ads for whoever's doing this, it's the same thing, the same very limited sizes, the same type of models. The same representation of models, mm-hmm. no stretch marks, no scars, no loose skin, no cellulite, no postpartum scar, you know, C-section scars. Yeah. No, you know, and I said, we need to represent no diversity, right? <laughs> Black moms do breastfeed, Latinas breastfeed, Asians moms breastfeed. Um, and I said, not only are we going to create apparel, but we're going to create an entire new way to market to the postpartum woman yeah person we even try to be very inclusive in our language Mm -hmm. um, right so because that is we do more harm by excluding Mm -hmm. than we could possibly do by including and and so we were dedicated to that from day one
1: (laughs) i i think that is so critical right because you're setting the expectations and the benchmark is reality and like getting people to be comfortable enough in their bodies to you don't have to you hide in your house like it's so okay that you are you know functioning the way we've been evolved to function this is actually a journey that should be celebrated and should be embraced like you are causing the human race to live on your body (laughs) those stretch marks are beautiful and have a purpose and it doesn't mean that you can't you know feel uncomfortable as you're adjusting to them right but just kind Mm -hmm. of changing the messaging and making it like no this is actually this is a wonderful period and a journey not something that you have to rush to bounce back from and creating that visually in a brand i think has so much power to change actually societal norms um, surrounding the way people are treated <laughs> during that process
2: well we certainly are trying to to tackle that just to say Every journey is different. Everyone is unique and everyone is worth celebrating Um, because education behind, even if in marketing can be very powerful. Um, You know, we're celebrating not just newborn breastfeeding, but we're also celebrating extended breastfeeding, which we don't call extended breastfeeding Um, because yeah, breast women, uh, women breastfeed until four years old, five years old. And there's no medical evidence that shows that that's detrimental in any way, only that it's actually, you know, helpful in a variety of ways, but we just need to normalize that. So I'm just biting off the whole, I'm just, just give me the apple. I'm not taking a bite. I'm just, just give it to me. I will do what I need to do with it. Um, because it's just time and it's been going on for so long, even struggling within a breastfeeding journey. Um, we try to talk about pumping. We talk about supplementing, Um, and we do take the, you know, the educational approach. So even our YouTube channel is dedicated to education, all that (laughs) stuff. That's why it's called breastfeeding and all the ish that no one told us because it, it is. And, um, and we are talking about all of these topics and, and, and just, oh, just education stuff that we just are not told.
1: Yeah. And creating like a movement where people feel supported through that, um, I just i find it very fascinating so like the history of how uh, breastfeeding culture and norms have changed and so i was reading this article this morning about how in like the late 1800s in france it was so like um inconvenient to kind of like have a a child on you for like the first six months like women just didn't upper class women didn't want to change their life and it was so stigmatized to go outside and have this natural part of your body be exposed for the first six months, like no one wanted to hide inside of their homes for for six months. And so seeing these like uh, changes in culture over over time where it was like totally functional, just something that you do when we're like nomadic, to you know, now all of a sudden there's these new norms, and now we're kind of like breaking free from that, right um. I just, like I said, I'm just, like, really excited by what you're doing with Orale. (laughs) I want to know a little bit more about Power to Prevail and that movement that you started and kind of, like, how you are approaching the subject of body positivity and, like, what kind of conversations you're having in that forum. Sure. Um, Well, Power to Prevail, I I
2: never even knew body positivity was a thing because, remember, this is something that started five years ago. Yeah. So always honoring the fact that that body positivity was a movement started by the fat positive community to say, hey, you know what? That's where it actually began, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with those extremely marginalized. Um so you're talking about black femmes, you're talking about fat women and men, right? I'm not excluding men from any of these conversations. It just happens to be how my vocabulary is running today because we're talking about breastfeeding. Yeah. Um but to honor those particular journeys, you say, I'm only going to be talking about myself. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm not making generalities. I'm saying this is how my journey as a Latina, as a mother, as mm-hmm. a woman, how it has been for me and how I have suffered because of these particular stigmas and these particular expectations mm-hmm. and how I ever, uh, overcame, overcame them for myself. Um, and, and so that resonated with people and Mm. because that resonated with people, our community grew and it gave me the opportunity to reach more people. Um, and you know, body positivity, as we talk about it now in 2020 has changed dramatically because it has been commercialized. So Mm. now, you know, you are seeing very thin passing sort of still neutral individuals saying be positive be body positive love yourself but there's still an element of like diet culture there's still an element of like perfection culture Mm -hmm. um instead of saying no 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 no, No. it's Mm -hmm. as you are right now in this space in the journey that you're in whether you are just completely screwing everything up Mm -hmm. or you just feel like you're screwing everything up (laughs) that doesn't exclude you or preclude you from self-love you can love yourself through really horrible situations Um, because nothing takes away your self worth, right? If we tie our worth to other things, right? Like what our size is, what we look like, how many people like us, all these external factors, Mm -hmm. then we lose out on that. But it's about continuously conversation inward. So I try to challenge ideas, right? So when we talk about stretch marks, for example, I said, you know, they're always villainized but could you imagine if we didn't have stretch marks what that actually would mean that means your skin would just be like ripping apart because it's just growing so fast that your body like can't keep up with it so how cool is that you have this like second layer of skin just hiding like waiting that if it like needs to like pop out that it'll like pop out for you be like i got you i'm gonna hold you together yeah you know that you have scars, but, like, if you didn't have scars, that just means your body would just, like, remain this gaping wound, you know, (laughs) oozing all over the place. But instead, it's like, we got you. We're going to fuse together. We're going to hold her together. Um, You're seeing these things in a different way. So it's just being able to have conversations um, around things that have been highly stigmatized to say, look, I get it. You've had the conversation like this about this Mm -hmm. for this long, but I'm just going to I'm going to change it. I'm going to yeah. change the conversation. You know, people, um, and I, I do follow a lot of, you know, body positive accounts that I just love so much. And one of my favorite things was, you know, to say, you know, fat is beautiful and fat is this. And they're like, look, fat is fat, bro. Like, why are we trying to, like, romanticize it in any way, good or bad? It is what it is. I'm saying outside of this descriptor, right? I still can love who I am. Um, and you're just like, damn, you know, so outside of being a mother, I can still love who I am. I don't have to love my stretch marks. And that's one of the things I talk about too is,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I guess I particularly got stretch marks on my stomach because of my births, but I've had them on my arms and my, well, not my breasts. That was also the babies, but on my thighs since I was 12 years old. I didn't give birth. I don't have to be proud. I don't call things like tiger. I don't do that. They're just yeah. stretch marks. Like They are what they are. They are a biological function. Right. Just because we've decided to like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, do something with them, um, and I, and I do bring a curiosity to say, well, isn't that interesting that things that are biologically normal are being used against us because they're ensuring a market for the rest of their lives because if they can assure that that happens, then they can assure that they're going to have a service to help you fix it.
1: Yeah, um, you just hit on something if- so important, and and I really I just want to reel reel in and zoom in on that because if. At the root of all of us you know there is this like tribal desire right to be a part of the community to be fundamentally accepted as we are then marketing can always play on that fundamental need if you cannot find a way to accept yourself as you are and so by changing the narrative like you said by really fundamentally questioning like well wait why am i gonna go try to fix this like really what's the driver there you know, is it to be more socially acceptable? Like, is this not a way that I feel I should look? Why do I feel like I shouldn't look that way? You know, really like digging in and getting to the root. because if you can stand, like you said, exactly where you are and look at it very objectively, it's a stretch mark. And I love the way that you created like this language around it. it's like, I got you, like I'm holding you together. And that was, yeah. that was really the biological function, right? Mm -hmm. um then these extrinsic forces like telling you what you should look like what you should buy or how you should feel don't hold any power over you Mm -hmm. because you they
2: they don't hold water because you're just like wait a minute like your whole basis doesn't make any sense you want me to fix something but what is it that's broken right what would be broken is if we didn't get stretch marks because our skin's not healing it's a big hella problem um but that's not what the problem is
1: I I absolutely love you'd be like glass man (laughs) if we had you know did what the tobacco um packaging had which was like your what your lungs could be (laughs) on bathing suits we had images of like how your body would actually burst if you didn't have the stretch marks could you imagine exactly um well Anna, we're, we're running really close on time. So I just wanted to remind anybody who's joined us, like, feel free to pop in and ask questions. We're monitoring the comments. Sure. Um, so Anna's background, she's a lactation consultant. She's also a mom of three, a founder, um, and has really sparked a movement surrounding body positivity, especially for postpartum. Um My background, I'm a primary care nurse practitioner, and I'm a researcher in immunology and in the microbiome. And so Ana and I have really joined forces because one, we think it's crucial to have these conversations about topics that are considered taboo, but are actually a really, really normal part of life. And um, I I just love that we're coming together to essentially um, bridge the gap where we see some issues in industry and and hopefully challenge them yes and a huge thank
2: you to social mama for bringing us together um uh, lauren and I are actually both experts on the app which is uh created by a houston mom and um so we're both in that app as experts uh, so special shout out to amanda and her team at social mama for bringing us together i'd be remiss if i didn't mention her but um yeah and, and yeah, that's
1: a- Oh, sorry. Go
2: ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. And I, I think that's, that's just really neat because, you know, a lot of us are working on these things separately, but are slowly coming together um, and saying, oh, you're talking about this too. And you're talking about this too. Let's, let's all talk about it together. So it really creates a, a, a movement.
1: Exactly. And so just to recap, um, Anna and I have joined forces. So uh, my goal personally is to provide value and sort of like host these conversations with different specialists once a week. So um, as a expecting mom or a new dad, you can just like pop in and have your questions answered by all kinds of different specialists. Um, so really our goal is to empower women, essentially like you and I's fundamental mission that are in the perinatal journey. So that means Everywhere from being pregnant to having given birth to afterwards, you're dealing with multiple children, and make these resources that are data-driven um, accessible. So actually, um, it's our goal to just make the I Women campaign for the Natural Nipple let people know it exists because by actually donating, we are providing virtual visits to families and. Like matching donations, so they're covered for the rest of 2020. Um, Anna's an amazing, excuse me, amazing lactation consultant. So she's actually offered as well to be one of our um, providers on that platform. And I, I want to know, Anna, before we hop off, can moms order your swimsuits that are? breastfeeding accessible or are they kind of in pre-order right now where are you at
2: oh i'm in coronavirus limbo is actually where i am i feel you but, uh <laughs> there are there are yes because your production is oh i know <laughs> um so we have we do have limited suits in stock right now um on our website um so if you go to odalay.com and click on the shop you can find some very limited uh but we are hopefully hopefully coming to uh the solution to our manufacturing issue very soon. And we'll be able to um, to fulfill any and all requests for suits. But we always say to ourselves, um, a new mama is born every day, so Um, you know, we'll be here to support in other ways. um, That's why I was very happy to, to volunteer for this initiative um, because we also know that women are not receiving the care that they were receiving before post birth in lactation uh, for two reasons. One, we know that in the U S only 28% of hospitals are baby friendly. So they don't even have the on site support to start a woman's breastfeeding journey to be supported. And two, uh, they don't have follow-up care because nobody's doing anything in person. So tele- tele- telemedicine and telehealth is absolutely critical. Son is home. I don't know if you can hear him screaming. You can let him in. It's okay. He's screaming for me. Did you hear? It?
1: Yes. <laughs> he just got
2: home. Um, that's mom life for you.
1: That? And
2: uh, so I'm really happy to, to volunteer because it is a holistic approach. It is a communal thing mm-hmm. um, that is going to help us. Hola, mi vida. Ven. Vas a saludar. Okay. Kiki, oh te caíste con el Kiki, mira bebé, saluda
1: hola